The GX on Agriculture podcast is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get rolling again sooner. GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, the latest Manitoba crop report is out. We'll tell you how far along spring seeding is across the province and how seeding is going in the northwest region of Manitoba. I spoke with Nicole Clausen of uh, the Manitoba Agriculture Department in Swan River. Alberta feeder cattle prices were strong overall last week. That's according to the latest cattle market update. We'll hear from Saskatchewan cattle specialist Fonda Froats on that. A Lanigan area farmer is just finishing up his spring seeding. We'll talk to Clinton Monchuk, who is also the executive director of Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan. Artificial intelligence could help farmers grow a more valuable food product that consumers want. AgVisor Pro hosted a webinar yesterday called Connecting the Consumer to Agriculture. We'll hear from a couple of people who took part in that webinar. And of course, it's week five of the spring edition of GX94 Supper in the Field. We'll be taking out supper tonight and we'll announce our lucky winner coming up a little later on in the program. So all of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX on Agriculture. But first it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Beef and Forage Report. For the week ending Saturday, Western Canadian feeder markets averaged 3 to $6 higher compared to seven days earlier. Weakness in the Canadian dollar along with strength in the deferred live cattle future set a positive tone. Recent rains have enhanced yield potential for the Canadian barley crop, which also underpinned nearby cash values. Alberta packers were buying fed cattle around $238 delivered. Feeding margins have improved over the past month and finishing operators are anxious to reload. Calves under 600 pounds were well bid, with top quality packages gaining $6 to $8 on a weekly basis. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the Ag-Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. Growers in Manitoba are waiting for one thing, rain. So far in May, growing areas of the province have not seen any significant precipitation. That's according to Dennis Lang, Industry Development Specialist for Pulse Crops with Manitoba Agriculture. He says dry beans are the last pulse crop farmers have been planting in Manitoba and they're about 75% complete as of yesterday. As for field peas, he says planting is pretty much finished for this year and they got off to a good start. Planted area estimates from Statistics Canada put field peas for the province at 185,300 acres compared to 188,600 in 2022-23. He notes planted dry bean acres are expected to shrink to 115,800 
from last year's 125,400. Workers with agriculture experience will receive priority as part of a new category-based selection process for Canada's flagship economic immigration system. Sean Fraser, Minister of Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship, has announced the launch of category-based selection and priority categories for the express entry system in 2023. As part of the program, invitations can be sent to prospective permanent residents with specific skills, training or language ability in a number of areas. They include a strong French language proficiency or work experience in the following fields, health care, science, technology, engineering and mathematics professions, trades such as carpenters, plumbers and contractors, transport, and agriculture and agri-food. The first category-based invitations to apply for permanent residency are expected to be sent this summer. The criteria under the agriculture area includes having at least six months of work experience in the last three years. Specific occupations that are eligible include agricultural service contractors, farm supervisors, horticulture workers, and butchers. Ontario has backed off a housing proposal that farmers say would have had a catastrophic impact on farmland and livestock operations. Municipal Affairs and Housing Minister Steve Clark proposed a series of regulations along with a bill that would allow for more housing to be built beyond urban boundaries and in rural areas. But farmers expressed concerns about a proposed move to allow up to three new lots on parcels of farmland saying it would hamper growth of livestock farming, fragment the agricultural land base, and risk inflating farmland prices, shutting out prospective new farmers. More than a dozen groups, including the National Farmers Union of Ontario, the Ontario Federation of Agriculture, the Beef Farmers of Ontario, and the Dairy Farmers of Ontario issued a joint letter urging the government to abandon the proposal. University of Alberta researchers say lawns, backyards and roofs could be used to produce both solar power and fresh vegetables. Guillermo Hernandez, a soil scientist, and Camilla Quiroz, a research intern from Peru, are looking into growing crops under solar panels to improve the use of space in cities and farms. Crop harvesting under solar panels is called agrivoltaics, a relatively new concept to improve land use efficiency by producing energy and food in the same spot. In a 25-day experiment, Hernandez and Quiroz grew batches of spinach under three systems, thick solar panels, thin solar panels, and without solar panels. The researchers used simulated sunlight in a small room at the university during the Alberta winter. Quiroz, who is studying energy engineering in Peru, says there weren't any significant differences in taste or nutrition between the spinach grown under solar panels and the batch grown under simulated sunlight. Cannabis company Canopy Growth Corporation has signed a deal with Indiva Limited for the exclusive rights and interests to manufacture, distribute and sell WANA branded edible products in Canada. The company's also signed a contract manufacturing agreement that grants Indiva the exclusive right to manufacture and supply WANA branded products in Canada for five years 
with the ability to renew for an additional five-year term upon mutual agreement. Under the deal, Canopy Growth will buy about 37.2 million Indiva shares for a purchase price of $5.79 per share for a total of nearly $2.2 million, giving it a 19.99% stake in Indiva. And be sure to listen to the latest GX on Agriculture podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. It's time now to check in once again with Danny Ismond. Here, I, I dare... Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's sunny and 26 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. According to the latest Manitoba crop report, spring seeding across the province is about 87% complete. That's slightly behind the five-year average of 91%. Nicole Clausen is a crop production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Swan River. She has the seeding progress for the northwest region of Manitoba. Seeding progress across the region is moving along fairly well. Um, At the time of our report, field peas are pretty much complete at 99%. Um, Spring wheat across the region, I'd say, is probably 95% complete. Soybeans are approximately 85% complete, um, and canola across the northwest region is probably the most various crop, with dauphin and the paw are probably about 70 to 75% complete. Um, Roblin area, Swan Valley area are approximately 85% complete. And our earliest, crop, earliest seeded crops have emerged nicely and are growing well, and we're starting to see some green fields in the area, which is great. As for precipitation over the past week? Most of the northwest region um, have welcomed, has welcomed uh, precipitation the previous growing week. However, there was areas that did get missed. In addition, an intense system came through Monday afternoon that hit Asheville and Gilbert Plains the hardest. Um, Asheville received 54 millimeters and Gilbert Plains area received 75 plus millimeters in a short period. Clausen expects seeding will conclude in northwestern Manitoba soon. The recent rains over the weekend did slow things down for a bit. Uh, we're hoping these warm temperatures will dry things up and get back out there and, and hopefully wrap seeding up um, shortly. Nicole Clausen is a crop production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Swan River. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Livestock Market Conditions. U.S. Live Cattle Futures for June closed at 169.12 today. That's up 25 August live cattle closed at 167.67, up 50. August feeder cattle closed at 239.17, up 140. September feeder cattle closed at 242.22, up 155. June lean hogs closed at 82.57, up 175. July lean hogs closed at 83.32, up 3.80. And that's the livestock market conditions. Alberta feeder cattle prices were strong overall last week. 
That's according to the latest cattle market update from Canfax for the period of May 22nd to the 26th. Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froth says Saskatchewan feeder steer and heifer prices were unavailable due to a lack of sufficient data. For interest, I can speak to Alberta feeder prices reported by Canfax, which were mixed but overall strong last week compared to the previous week. Steer prices were steady from 366.50 per hundredweight for the three to 400 pound category to 255.90 per hundredweight for the 900 plus pound category. Average weekly prices for Alberta heifers on May 26 were down in the lower weight categories, but higher in weights above 700 pounds. Prices were from 318.67 per hundred weight for the three to 400 pound weight category to 230.17 per hundred weight for the 800 plus pound category. She outlines the factors behind the changes. We continue to see feeder marketings on the seasonal decline, but still strong buying interest. And then some feeders are heading south, which is supporting the prices as well. Froats has the market-ready cattle prices. The Canfax price for Alberta fed steers on May 26 was 238.26 per hundredweight, and this was up 115 per hundredweight compared to the prior week, which was 237.11. Fed prices have strengthened in 22 of the past 23 weeks. And prices of Alberta cows on May 26 were up compared to May 19th. D2 cows increased on average 617 per hundredweight from the week prior to average 154 per hundredweight. And D3 cows were up similarly at 635 over the prior week to average 138.25 per hundredweight. And as for other marketings... For market volume, Canfax reported 4,271 head of feeder cattle sold over the week, and this was down slightly from 4,827 head the previous week. And those Alberta numbers that I reported on were just over 21,000 head of feeder cattle sold over the week in Alberta. Fonda Froats is a provincial cattle specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, She gave the last cattle market report of the season before the summer break, and it will likely resume in August. Please stay tuned. GX and Agriculture will return after these messages. Welcome back to GX and Agriculture. A Lanigan area farmer is just finishing up his spring seeding. Clinton Monchuk is also the executive director of Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan. The vast majority of farmers are nearing completion or are already completed here in the Lanigan area. I'm just reseeding some of my fall rye that didn't come up so great this year, so we're just doing another go of things and putting in some barley. But yeah, I'd say here this week the, the vast majority will finish up. He explains why he's reseeding that fall rye. I was told it was too deep and too shallow at the same time, so I'm not <laughs> not too sure what it was. Could be winter kill. Um, there were a few other farmers that had similar issues to this, so I'm, it, it could be winter kill. Uh, we're not 100% sure, and crop insurance just indicated it'd be a good idea to receive. So, yeah, it's, it is what it is. It's, it doesn't always work, some of the fall seeded crops, but hopefully uh, this fall uh, we'll put it back in the rotation on a few fields and hopefully have a different result in the spring of 24. Monchuk says some good growing conditions this spring has led to 
uniform crop emergence. You bet. Yeah, our, our earlier cedar crops have been emerging very nicely. In fact, we're already doing in-crop herbicide application right now on some of them. Crop is really coming up nice. There's plenty of moisture right here right now, but as always, you're only a couple weeks away from drying things out, so the forecast looks pretty good and it looks like we'll have some good rain to keep things going. He says some June moisture would be most welcome. You bet. That kind of gets it through just in case we get some really hot, dry weather in July. So, yeah, the, the, right now things look really good and, and uh, the crop is progressing nicely, especially with the warmer temperatures. Monchuk says insects haven't been an issue in his area just yet. You know what? Uh, not as of yet. We do our, our flea beetle uh, looks and, and see if there's anything kind of nipped off any of the uh, cotyledons or leaves of our, our mustard or canola. And as of right now, nothing yet has uh, any significant numbers anyway. So uh, cross our fingers and, and hope, hope it stays that way. Clinton Monchuk is the executive director of Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan. He farms in the Lanigan area. Meanwhile, artificial intelligence could help farmers grow a more valuable food product that consumers want. AgVisor Pro hosted a webinar yesterday called Connecting the Consumer to Agriculture. The average Canadian does not have a firm concept about how crops are grown on modern farms, and even more changes are on the way in the not-too-distant future. Sylvain Charlebois is the Senior Director of Agri-Food Analytics at Dalhousie University in Halifax. Consumers, when they think about food, they think about the grocery store, and grocery stores, grocers, and I tell them that, grocers aren't necessarily, they're aren't necessarily fond of new technologies. Grocery stores have barely innovate in the last 30 years. And that's what consumers know. They have no idea what's going on at FarmGate. And so that connection is, yes, we talk about it in echo chambers, but uh, other than that, I'm not sure the message is reaching consumers at this point. Terry Aberhart is the Chief Officer of Future Growth at Aberhart Farms, based in the Langenberg area. He says connecting with the consumer is challenging. There's no other industry or area where we worry more about the next generation, worry more about the health of the land and improving it, right? And and sometimes I get a little worked up when there's a lot of false information out there. I agree, all these different streams are great, and the more the better if, if that's what people want. We do need to be conscious of what the consumer wants. And I've always felt that in conventional agriculture, in a sense, we are using a lot of technology and innovation and things to be sustainable and more efficient. None of us want to spend any more money on chemical or fertilizer than we need to. It's a cost that affects our margins. Aberhart is excited about AI technology that will allow green-on-green sense and spray. Green-on-green sense and spray is new technology where we can go across the field with drones or cameras and utilize AI to identify the difference between a weed and a crop. So they're both green and growing, right? And so that's what's called green on green. So we can now have the technology to identify the difference between a weed and crop and target only the weeds and not the crop with our chemical or spray applications. Aberhart says this will result in the production of pristine ingredients, which will give consumers a product grown with much less herbicide and boost the bottom line for growers.
Commodities Update. Canola futures closed down across the board again today. July canola closed at 649.50, down $8.70. November canola closed at 624.80, down $3.30. July Minneapolis wheat closed at 780 per bushel, down 13 cents. July Kansas City wheat closed at 790 and a half, up six and three quarters of a cent. July Chicago wheat closed at 594 and a quarter, up three and a quarter cents. July corn closed at 594 per bushel, unchanged from yesterday's close. July soybeans closed at 1299 and three quarters, up three and a quarter cents. July oats closed at 339 per bushel, down seven cents. And that's the commodities update. It's time now to check in once again with Danny Ismond. Well, hey, we're in Mossbank today with the Dare to Dream Lotto. It's a six. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. Farm Credit Canada is extending a helping hand to the hog sector. Vice President of FCC Operations in Ontario, Perry Wilson, says this help is geared towards producers in Ontario, Quebec, and the Atlantic provinces. FCC has, has recognized that the, uh, that the hog sector in eastern Canada here has been uh, put under some, some pressure as a result of reduced processing capacity, particularly in Quebec, and, and, and also you know, higher interest rates, higher input costs have had an impact. So as a result of that, uh, we've offered a customer support program to the industry, and that would include uh, payment deferment for uh, six months to a year. He says it's partly due to Ole Mill closing some hog barns in Quebec, Alberta, and Saskatchewan in recent weeks. Wilson was asked if this support for the East will eventually expand to the West. We're keeping close tabs on things as, as they unfold. And, uh, you know, of course, we'll uh, keep an eye on things. And if we feel that it's necessary for us to expand that customer support program to Western Canada, we'll absolutely do so. Each application would be reviewed on a case-by-case basis. And it's week five of the spring edition of GX94's Supper in the Field. We'll be bringing out supper for eight weeks in the spring and eight weeks in the fall. We had 310 entries yesterday, and I called our lucky winner this morning. Hello? Hello? Hello, is this the Herberger Farms number? Uh, No, this is Elaine Herberger, though. Um, Okay, okay. You'd, you'd like to speak to who? Well, actually, I was the reason I was calling is I was given this number. It's Doug Falconer calling from GX94 in Yorkton. Yes. And we drew this uh, ah, name for Supper for in the Field. Supper in the Field? Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I entered yesterday. Okay. Um, yes, well, that's exciting. That's tonight. Yes, that's tonight. Is that all right if wow. we bring out some supper? Oh, I think so. I'll let everybody know that. (laughs) Okay, good. That's Elaine Herberger of the Atwater District. Our sponsors for GX94 Supper in the Field are Milligan Bio, Farm Credit Canada, Gowan Canada, 
Sask Milk, Jump.ca, LDC, Smith Steel, Minute Muffler and Brake, Yorkton Auction Centre, Maple Ag and Outdoor, the Saskatchewan Institute of Agrologists, the Chalet Restaurant, and Razor's Cellar at the Yorkton Hotel. Farm Bulletin Board. The Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission will be holding their 2023 semi-annual meeting on June 20th. It'll be held at the Regina Exhibition Grounds in conjunction with Canada's Farm Show, and it runs from 10 until 3. That's on Tuesday, June 20th. They will have an update on Saskweed activities and business from Board Chair Brett Halstead, and lunch will also be provided. The guest speaker this year is Phil Needham, owner of Needham Ag Technologies. Needham is a native of Great Britain and holds a diploma in agriculture and an honors degree in agricultural technology from Cranfield University in England. So you might want to get ahead to pre-register for that event coming up during Canada's Farm Show in Regina. That's the Sask Wheat semi-annual meeting. And don't forget, you may have heard that uh, Doug Ukrainitz, a well-known auctioneer in the area, is in Arizona battling cancer. They've set up a GoFundMe page for him. If you would like to check it out, simply go to GoFundMe.com and you can find all the information on there for Doug Ukrainitz. And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba, Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Partly to mainly sunny, winds east-southeast at 15 to 25, and a high of 27 degrees. For tonight, a 30% chance of isolated showers or thunderstorms. Winds east-southeast at 10 to 20, a low of 12. For tomorrow, partly sunny with a slight chance of spotty showers and thunderstorms. Winds east-southeast at 15 to 25, a high of 26, an overnight low of 14. For Friday, a 60% chance of afternoon showers or thunderstorms. Winds southeast at 15 to 25, and a high of 28. For Saturday, partly sunny with a 30% chance of spotty showers, also a high of 28. Sunday, partly sunny, a high of 29. In the Paw, it's 20 degrees. Swan River and Brandon are at 26. Dauphin, 24. Show Lake Russell and Roblin, 25. Regina is at 29 degrees, as is Indian Head. Saskatoon and Winyard Wadena Kelvington are at 28. Hudson Bay, 24. Broadview Mooseman, 26. The Yorkton Melville region has a sunny sky, a southeast wind at 13 kilometers an hour. 48% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 26 degrees. That's your agriculture weather and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 1215 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. 
It's time now for the news and sports headlines. The GX on Agriculture podcast has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. When you're in the market for a new Ford, stop by Future Ford for a great selection of new and used vehicles.